Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Beyond the Panel podcast. My name is Colin. I'm Jared. And today, we have decided to talk to you guys about comic book video games, of which there are many. There are a lot. There's there's a lot. Uh, we're gonna we have a list of like ones that we've actually played or have you know things worth uh, saying about them. I don't know what defines something as being worth saying, but I feel like this is worth talking about. So yeah, that's what we got for you guys today. Uh, we're gonna go in roughly alphabetical order. Uh, but not strictly alphabetical order. So I've got little curveballs in there every once in a while. Yeah, I've got the list here. I'm gonna walk through them, and if both of us have something to say, we'll both talk about it. If one of us has something to say, one of us talk about it. But for most of these, we've both played them, or at the, yeah, or seen the other play them. It's pretty even, I think, overall. There's like mostly there's a fair bit of overlap because there's significant yeah significant overlap okay so the first one is actually one of my favorites of all time and it's the only non-console game on this list which is marvel avengers alliance (laughs) oh the memories this was a facebook game for uh it came out a ostensibly as a film tie-in but it wasn't (laughs) like it was so much better and if you're if you're listening and you're cringing at the words facebook game it it was was way better than it had any right to be it was so much better than it had any right to be so the general plot was you were this shield commander and you could recruit heroes and fight in turn-based battles yeah usually on that 3v3, but the enemies could come in waves. Um, it was kind of like an RP- it was kind of like a traditional RPG in a way because yeah, every character had yeah. every hero had four abilities and they each did different things. And it was, there was a class system. Yeah, you go back and forth. Yeah, there are different classes. And there was kind of a wasn't there kind of like a rock paper scissors mechanic to it? Yeah, like someone yeah. did against so, others and so um, Blaster was super effective against Bruiser. Bruiser was super effective against Scrapper. Scrapper was super effective against Infiltrator. Infiltrator was super effective against Tactician, and Tactician was super effective against Blaster. Did you pull that up, or did you just remember? I that? remember that. <laughs> yeah, I can also okay, tell well, you impressed. what I can also tell you what every buff was that they got from it. Oh boy! If a Blaster hit a Bruiser, they got a guaranteed critical hit. If a Bruiser hit a Scrapper, they would get a attack and defense buff that could stack up to three times. If a Scrapper hit an Infiltrator, they would have hit a follow up attack. If an infiltrator hit a tactician, they would gain, like, stealth, so their next attack could not be countered. And if a tactician hit a blaster, they would get a, a bonus turn. And despite this coming out... This is also like, all memory! <laughs> I have nothing of! <laughs> and despite this coming out around, like, the heyday of the MC, Like, not just the heyday, but, like, the high point of, like, the first Avengers movie... It made some deep cuts on the characters. It did not. It, it, it got, away it got really deeper the further in we got. I mean, at the end, we got yeah. Blue Marvel. And I remember people in the community being like, who is Blue Marvel? Because he was really quite recent at the time. Like, I remember my team. I remember I remember I had like Anti-Venom on there. I yeah. used Spider-Man 20, 2099. Yeah. I had 
uh, like Wolverine and Deadpool and like all like well, a then, bunch of characters. And, and the, the the support for this game was huge. Like there was events like every month, new costumes that started out as cosmetics, but eventually the new costumes would give uh, existing characters like class swaps. So Thor by default was a bruiser, but you could get a costume that made him a blaster or a scrapper. So, okay, now you can, now he can work differently or it would upgrade the moves. They would also go back and characters who were there when the game launched would get reworks. So they'd actually be more useful. Um, and there were, there were tie-ins to like comics that were coming out too. Yeah. I remember specifically like when Avengers versus X-Men released, it's oh, yeah. like here's Phoenix. Phoenix Five outfits for characters, yeah, or Fear itself. Like here's like the uh, what are they called, the Worthy or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Here, I remember like it Thing was... and got like got a like, got an outfit and all that stuff. Like I think the they biggest, really went in deep with that. The biggest problem with the game, though, and this is you know obviously going to be with any game uh, in, in in that like free freemium style where you have to buy currency is power creep. Power yeah. creep in this game was huge. Because what happened is after a few months or a few years, they introduced player versus player, uh, and that was in seasons. And what you would do is you would, you know, obviously you'd battle, you'd go up, and based on what rank you achieved at the end of the season, you would get a certain set of rewards. And you would get, like, a new set of armor, usually for your commander, which made them significantly more powerful. You could also get different armors to swap out the class of your commander so if you yeah, want because the be, shield agent was kind of a jack of all trades they were by default a generalist them. yeah yeah you slotted them in where you need to for the fight and you couldn't take them out like you had to have them and two heroes yeah it was always them and other and two others yeah. but the, you know and so in, in lieu of abilities you could give them up to two different weapons i think um or three i don't remember yeah uh, it was exactly. just it was gear it was gear instead yeah. of abilities yeah and uh so but pvp you know, you would, you could, the absolute top reward is you would get a character out of player versus player. Okay. Seems reasonable. No, because these characters were busted, right? So you got this busted PVP character that only like the top 10% of players got, right? And then, oh, well, the next PVP season comes in. You have this busted character and all the people below you don't. So that makes it a lot easier for you to get to the top rank this season and so and on. The snowballs and so, down the hill. <laughs> so eventually by the end, it's like, unless you're dumping tons of money into this game, you are getting your butt handed to you because they also had special operations or spec ops uh, where you could recruit uh, certain characters. Like I believe the first one was Mockingbird. Okay, awesome, cool, I want to get Mockingbird. Right, but to accomplish all the missions in these spec ops and all the tasks that allow you... Need you need certain other heroes. You need certain other heroes. Very high-powered heroes that are worth, you know, a lot of the recruitment currency, which is called command points. And, uh, you know, so with this recruitment currency, oh, well, you don't have enough, so you can't get Mockingbird, but everybody else got her, and she's great, and she's going to be huge in the next PvP season. So by the time you got to it, eventually, like, the... PvP seasons were basically you'd have the your like their character in the most recent PvP reward gear, the most recent PvP character, and then either the most recent Spec Ops character or character from like like who got a really updated powerful costume that also cost a lot of currency. 
So unfortunately it was kind of, it ended up being kind of borderline predatory micro monetization. Oh, it it, was not terrible, but it was not great with it. It got, yeah, it got aggressively predatory at the end. And I mean, that's the way it goes with any freemium game, but the base building blocks of the game were a lot of fun. They, they canceled it out of nowhere. They were just like, the, the game is getting canceled. They gave everybody, like, oodles of premium currency. And so, like, okay, well, you've got, like, a month. Buy whoever you want, you know, have fun. And then they closed it a week later. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just leave the game. I guess they didn't want to pay for the servers, but it would have been nice if they'd left it, like, in some state where you could just run through what already existed, take out the PvP elements, like, take out, like, no new updates, but, like, here's all the missions, and here's, like... yeah. Just replay them as you want. Or like leave PvP, but there's no like rewards or whatever. Like you get like static rewards for being a higher tier or whatever. But again, you're paying people for that. It's like what the Avengers game is doing now. Like it's shutting down, no more updates. But here's all the outfits in the game that you want to that you could ever want. Like here's every outfit, and just run missions if you want to have fun with it. I think I I think what got me is that they they said it was going to be up for like another month, and then they just shut them down immediately. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I think one neat tidbit from this, though, is that this game introduced the whole concept of ISO 8, which made its way into mainstream games. It made its way into freaking everything. Yeah. I hate ISO 8. I hate it. It was it was really cool in this specific game. Okay, because. Uh, you didn't have to worry about upgrading a ton of stuff. Like, you could buy gear, but you couldn't upgrade it. You wanted to get better gear, you just buy a different gear piece. You want a better suit, buy a different suit. Okay, so Ice Weight was like, okay, I only have to focus on managing, like, one thing, really. Now you have to, like, level your Ice Weight and your gear and this and that and the other thing. Uh, it's absurd. Uh, the closest thing I found to Avengers Alliance, though, is Marvel Strike Force which is pretty much the closest we'll ever get to it again. It's pretty good. I think there's been like fan project to bring it back, but I don't know if any of them actually succeeded. I'm not sure. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's Marvel Avengers Lions Facebook game. It was really good. Please bring it back. Uh, <laughs> Marvel Avengers. Uh, which you just recently you just brought up. That was you know it, it was something. It know? was definitely a mixed bag. The bag was it was it was like getting a bag of Halloween candy, and at the top there's a lot of like full size candy bars. But by the time you get to the bottom, you're just kind of left with like Tootsie Rolls and dollar store lollipops. See, my analogy was going to go like the opposite direction of this because it's like for me, it's there's a lot of stuff you got to wade through to get to the kind of that nugget core of like like the uh, the bikini bar at the bottom, which is the actual core combat for each character. Oh, because I was thinking like the story, which is the first thing you do. The story was good. Yeah, the story wasn't like excellent, but it was good. It was fun. You know, it had I think a purpose. the story and the combat was the big was I think its high points. Yeah. Oh gosh, it did make each character feel really unique and play differently. Like which- Thor and Cap specifically felt amazing, and Iron Man. Yeah, you know the big three felt like powerful. 
just the the game really was bogged down by like the the loot system, the games as a, all the games as a service stuff. Yeah, that's really what ended up killing it because if it had kept to the um, if it had kept to just being a single player experience, or even if not like just running missions, mm-hmm. but without bringing in all the gear system, like I don't, I generally don't like gear systems that much. No, like number go up does not tickle my brain right like i don't feel that if it's like purely cosmetic stuff that's cool like here's the thing that like changes like aren't like iron man's like core like pete it's like why i don't mind it in injustice because or injustice too because numbers go up but you can also turn the numbers off and i'm just getting gear purely for the visual aesthetic mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and that part's fine but it didn't even change what your character looked like in avengers yeah and then just literally and- just a number and then the the suits come out, and it's like, okay, most of these suits are recolors. There's, like, a few good suits. There's some really great comic cuts, and there's the MCU suits. And they cost, like, 15 real-world dollars. Per suit, yeah. Which is, and I mean, you bought a lot of these suits. <laughs> yes. After paying full price for this base game, how many suits would you estimate you paid money for? Uh... Like twenty, yeah, I'd say between like maybe twenty or thirty. So that's like four hundred dollars extra that they took from you just so you could be like, I have now Iron Man looks like he did an Iron Man two, good, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, like we, it looked the suits looked great, like visually the game was awesome, but no, it was like they gave us so little and took so much <laughs> from us. The combat yeah. was great. Every once in a while, I would pick it up and I would just run missions while listening to a podcast. But you know, it also needed more enemy variety. Oh like, gosh, did it? Much of robots. We it, needed we like, needed more bosses. Yeah, uh, and then oh, and oh not the, annoying bosses. They were like, okay, well, we're going to introduce to you guys like some new end game content, and it's going to be some really cool bosses. But. Uh, the AI doesn't know how to fight these bosses, so they'll just stand in the way of the enemy attacks. So you need a full party of four. Okay, well, I don't yeah, know. If you f- can't find three other people to play with, I don't, good luck. Yeah, I don't know three other people to play this game. Oh, sorry. Guess you can't access these Omega level content. It yeah. did release two, no, sorry, three very good DLCs. It released um, the Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, and Black Panther DLCs, all of which were really good. Uh, they were introduced new areas to the game. They were fully voice acted. There was cinematics. It was awesome. I mean, Kratos is voicing Black Panther. Oh, yeah. pretty but then they got lazy with the release of the PlayStation Spider-Man DLC. And I was like, oh, OK, I guess I get it. You know, he, you're not going to do a whole cutscenes for only one console. And then Jane Foster came out and it was the same thing where there's no story. It's basically just you read the mission chain and do pre-existing number of tasks. Yeah. Pre-existing missions and you get an audio file that maybe fills you in on her backstory a little bit. And um, instead of like new cutscenes and information, they'll just stand around the table in their default positions and talk about what happened and why. And then they did the same thing for winter soldier. And then the game ended. Yeah. And you know, the, the potential for, you know, this game to last years was there. It was there. Destiny is proof positive that a game like this can work 
But, uh, like it's at its core, there was something there, but it was just yeah, it's it's like you down said, by too much more enemy types, a, a, a quicker clip of DLC releases, or more in the DLC. I shouldn't be able to finish this whole DLC in an afternoon and then be sitting there wondering what's next. You know, yeah. I think that was the problem is that, okay, great. You did it. And you basically, you'd finish their DLC chain and they'd be like 80% of the way to max level at that point. Oh yeah. I like just doing Jane Foster's challenges. I got her to like max level really fast yeah. faster than most of the other characters i ever played oh yeah just because i had to do her was, t- like doing her tasks or like enough stuff to yeah. unlock her outfits and like unlock her outfits and yep. stuff I'm it like, was ridiculous that was quick. and then yeah like i said like 15 real world dollars for outfits and it, it became there were sales decently often which was nice but, but even then you're play. still paying what like eight to ten dollars and it's still like yeah. that's a lot of your money um i think the game would have been served better if it was free at launch, uh, I think that would have offset people pay. I think people still would have paid for the cosmetics. They would have still made their money back, but they're not selling a base game at a hundred dollars and then more DLC and more variety in the DLC. And this is something we've talked about, but we got Kate Bishop and then we got Hawkeye who was just Kate Bishop pretty much again. And then we got, uh, black Panther who was unique Spider-Man, who was pretty unique, but felt kind of phoned in. Yeah, Spider-Man felt like, hey, we have a contractual obligation with Sony to do yeah. this. So just get him in there. And then uh, Jane, then Jane, who was literally a Thor race skin. Yeah, literally. Hawkeye, at least Clint felt a bit different enough from Kate in their play styles. Like they were. Yeah, but somewhat still. distinct. But Jane was. Literally just Thor with like one change, like her ultimate ability. I think yeah. was the only thing that was the only thing that was different. That was meaningfully that was changed. Good. That was yeah. Uh, and then Winter Soldier was really cool, but is you know mostly just it's the best parts of Cap and Black Widow kind of notched yeah, together. And too little, too late. Uh, yeah, and I mean, like we talked about, it's like characters that they could have put in that would have enhanced the game and like actually brought creativity in. Falcon, Doctor Strange, yeah. Scarlet yeah. Witch. Ant-Man or the Wasp, Quicksilver, you know, all characters that bring something that other people don't have. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, with Falcon or even War Machine, yeah, sure, I'm flying like Iron Man, but I have guns now rather than lasers. So it's different. It's more tactile, right? Like Falcon could do something with like Red Wing. It's like a drone that goes around. or, Or like sniping from the air or whatever, right? And the possibilities uh, are, limit, are limitless with Strange. And Wanda, right? right. Yeah. Uh, with Ant-Man and Wasp, a shrinking mechanic and a growing mechanic. You know, the ultimate ability is Giant Man. And then you can, like, go small and, like, ju- like that would Quicksilver with, like, the speed. Yeah. They, they could have done so much more than they did with this game. And I think that was the nail in the coffin is it, they did they did the bare minimum. I think the developers tried their best, but I think also it was, I think there was definitely publisher interference. Mm -hmm. And I think that is also what really killed it. And it's also what's going to kill Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League. Probably, yeah. That game, it it should have been an Arkham style or or like uh, 
Diablo-esque game where, okay, you can switch between the four members of the squad at will, but it is just story missions. And then there is story DLC that's released later. None of this yeah, it, gear, none of this number go up. Arkham, you have the Arkham devs make an Arkham game again, but with the Suicide Squad, and you can mm-hmm. change characters. Yep, that's all it should have been. And they didn't do that. And that's why that game is going to fail. Uh, speaking of games that failed, but this one shouldn't have failed, Marvel Midnight Suns. Yeah. This uh, should not have flopped as hard as it did. It's incredible. What do you mean flopped? Like, financially? Yeah. I think it did pretty well, didn't it? I, I don't think so. Like, barely anyone talks about it, and it's it just it's so under the radar for most people. Uh, I've seen it in so many lists of games that should have like done. Yeah, better. I just say it did flop. I think honestly, I can I think I can speak to like it's already fifty percent off on Steam right now. Yeah, which is a shame because it's a fantastic game. I think its curse was that. One, you have it's made by the XCOM developers, so you have the hardcore XCOM fans who are upset it's not another XCOM game, and the, or even the, just that it's not the same gameplay as the X Men games because it's the card system now. You have that, so they were upset about that, and also again, you do have this like, um, like persistent stain that Avengers has put on things. Where people are like, well, after how bad Avengers was, I don't know if I want to touch a Marvel game anytime soon. Yeah. And I mean, the next game on our list, we'll touch on that more, too, as to why it was also a commercial flop. Because critically, Midnight Suns did great. It's oh, got yeah. like high 70s to er, to low 80s across the board. The combat is so simple, but so satisfying. And, and the I, gameplay is fantastic. They sh- I also think that they should have done more to... To really, like, tell people what the gameplay was like. Because, like, I think they finally released, like, a solid combat trailer, like, a week before release. Yeah, I think that's Bef- what I sent to you yeah. to get you into it. Before that, they just kept saying, oh, card system, card system, card system, deck building, card system, strategy. Uh, they also should have played up the social elements way more. Yeah, that was not talked about enough pre-release because you can build so much relationship with the characters. It's basically a Fire Emblem Three Houses mixed <laughs> with XCOM, mixed with a roguelike. Like it's incredible. I, like, I love Midnight Suns, and I like that it its roster is not the standard of what you'd expect for a Marvel game. Yeah. It has some deeper pulls. Like you have Nico Minoru, you have Magic, Blade you have even like, Robbie yeah, Reyes. You get Blade, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, like, and you get the mainstays. You get Iron Man, you get Cap, you get Hulk, um, and all that. But no Thor, actually. But you get like I think Thor would be busted character. in this game. It would have been hard yeah. to scale him. It's but also like, like the plot is like, why would Thor show up for this? Yeah, true. This is more on the magical side, and if that fits well, like the Avengers kind of get drawn into all this. Um, but it's and like they're oh, the writing and, is unlike so Avengers, good. they've been. The writing is a lot of fun. Uh, the voice acting is fantastic, as we mentioned a bit in our last episode. Yeah. Um, they've been pretty consistent with the DLC release. It hasn't taken forever for things to come out. No, like, I think they're on track Deadpool for like one a month and, right now. Yeah, we've gotten both Deadpool and Venom in the last like two months. Both who since, come like, with January. like story packs. Yeah, they each get about they each get their own cutscenes and three missions per character. And they have their own unique decks and their own costumes, and, and they're just as fun to play as any as any of the other characters. Yeah, and you don't need to have beaten the base game to use them, right? Like you could 
Wait. There are certain points where they become available in the story, yeah. but yeah, you don't have to. But like, have you can use Deadpool in your main playthrough, yeah. which like it's the game is so good and it should have done better. And I really hope that you know time vindicates this game. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, I hope it gets an expansion or a sequel. Yeah, another game that uh, kind of suffered. Or not even kind of that hugely, massively suffered from Avengers: Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, because not only was it another another Marvel game coming out after Avengers, it was the same publisher. Yeah, but not the same devs, which nobody seemed to listen to. They were like, "Oh my gosh, it's Square Enix to be the same thing." I'm like, "No, but it's Eidos Montreal doing it, not Crystal Dynamics." Yeah, but it's going to be the same game. No, it's not. Look at the trailers. No, it's going to be the same game. No one listened. It was an incredible game. Yeah, I mean, the story is great. There's a lot of deep cut references in it oh, to yeah, the comics. Um, there's one part on Nowhere I won't spoil that's a lot of fun. Um, like, the game just it did everything right that Avengers did wrong. Yeah, like, it's it, a purely single-player narrative experience. There's no loot system. There's no like at most all you do is level up to unlock abilities and there's a ton of suits to unlock, which are all really cool references to the comics too. And the movies, um, you get, you get a movie suit for everybody. Yeah. The movie suits are really cool too. But like, um, yeah, it, it, the combat's amazing. Um, the story is, it's really easy to get invested in. It's voice acted really well. All the characters are written so well and it's without yeah. leaning too heavily into their MCU characterizations. Yeah, they're like they're a good blend of the elements from the comics along with their MCU counterparts. Like mm-hmm. I like that Drax is not just a comedic relief. Like he actually gets some yeah good character development and good drama to him. Like he's actually a well developed a, a well developed character. Definitely, he just doesn't devolve into like haha goofy guy that doesn't get what's going on. Well, and even uh, even Star Lord. Um, oh, yeah. He's Peter he's not this he's not this goofy idiot who doesn't know what he's doing. He's like someone who's never been in the position to really lead before and is doing his best with it. Oh yeah, he's he's trying his best to be a good leader and to kind of like keep this band of misfits from falling apart. No, it's it was excellent. And the gameplay is really solid. Like oh, even though gosh, you're just yeah. playing as Star-Lord, it's a lot of fun um like ordering the other guardians around and you can do some like fun combos with their abilities that are really entertaining. Yeah. The um, soundtrack. Oh, yeah, like they, they hey. got licensed music and it, I'd say almost as on par with the movies themselves. And they created an entire fake band and wrote an entire fake oh, album. Yeah. Which is insane. Called star Lord. Yeah. Which like, is where he got his name from. He named himself after his favorite band. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Like full album you can listen to. It's all like great kind of like eighties like kind of hair metal rock to it. It's so it's good. So impressive. I'm shocked. Like I was like anyone when it was announced, I was hesitant about you it. You were. I remember like when we saw the we were watching like I think it was the Game Awards or something when it was yeah. first announced. And I was like, that looks good. And you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, no, it's not the same devs. Like all the stuff everyone was saying about oh, this is just gonna be like Avengers, you were saying. <laughs> Well, I was still worried just because it was Square. I wasn't worried. I was worried because it was Square Enix. And, like, I knew it was different devs, but I just was worried that Square Enix would, like, push themselves into it again. Like, stick yeah. their finger in the pie. 
like they did with Avengers. No, for sure, for and sure. I didn't want that to happen. But thankfully, once I saw some gameplay and like they talked about how it was like purely single player, just a story based game, I was like, okay, good. It's not doing the same pitfalls that yeah. Avengers had. I was honestly even happy when they were like, we're not doing any DLC. We told the story we want to tell. Anything else yeah. is in a sequel. No, it was. There's plenty of room for a sequel too, if they wanted to. It was so good in so many ways. And it just, it's. Uh, Marvel Avengers basically dicked over the superhero genre for a while. It really cut, it really cut everyone at the knees. Yeah, for- like way to go, guys! Way to make such a way to make a game that is so poorly received that every superhero game for the next five years is probably going to get just like kind of no one wants to buy it. Yeah, aside from like Spider Man Two and Wolverine. Oh, well, the, yeah, because. <laughs> Insomniac has goodwill, but any game yeah. that looks even remotely like Avengers, everyone's going to be like, no, no, I don't want it. Um, but yeah. And honestly, rightly so in some ways. I, I don't blame them. Moving to games that are well received and, you know, arguably might have too many sequels. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Lego games, which is like oh. very wide. So there's there's a bunch First superhero or comic-themed Lego game we got was Lego Batman, which was followed by Lego Batman 2, which was, and then we got Lego Marvel, Lego Marvel Avengers, Lego Batman 3, uh, Lego Marvel... Uh, yeah, Lego Marvel 2. Lego Marvel 2, thank you, and Lego DC Super Villains. Um, has it gone a little too far? Maybe? I don't think we needed Lego DC Super Villains. Is it fun? Yeah, when it's sure. basically just Lego... like. Batman 3 again, but with more char- with some other characters. Uh, it's Lego Batman 3 again, but with more characters in an actual hub world. Yeah. And a lot of movie and TV costumes. Oh, okay. They added like a whole Man of Steel pack and like a CW pack. Uh, Batman 3 did that kind of too. It yeah. had some like... Batman 3... Suicide Squad pack and uh, like... Oh, wait, hold up. Sorry, what LEGO DC Supervillains did that I think was actually really good is you're the main character. You create a villain that can, like, absorb other powers and generate powers, and the story is actually pretty good. Like, did the game need to happen? No. Is it good? Yes. LEGO games don't need to happen. It doesn't mean they're not good. My personal favorite still is is LEGO Marvel 2. My favorite is Lego Marvel 1. I thought Lego Marvel 2 was really poorly paced. Yeah, the story's not great, but for me, like, the roster's Oh, the roster's great. And I like Chronopolis as a hub world over, over Manhattan. I think what um, bugs... It's a really cool game yeah. that's refer- like those different oh, references definitely. in the different zones. I think what and bugged me the most about Lego Marvel 2 was... They, they acted like they were like, oh, it's going to be such... A deep cut story. And to an extent it was, but then you realize how hard they're pushing MCU characters in the story or MCU-esque characters. It's like, here are the MCU Guardians and here are the Avengers, but it's primarily MCU characters and anyone who's not an MCU character isn't really a main part of the story. And which is weird considering we got an actual Lego Avengers, which was yeah. just Lego and, MCU. And the Fantastic Four aren't here, and the X-Men aren't here, and Wolverine isn't here either, even though he's one of our best-selling characters of all. And it that's probably where my biggest issues with Lego Marvel 2 came in, is it just it felt so in service to the MCU 
I think that was kind of a unfortunately a like side effect of oh, definitely Marvel's own push of like we're not really going to talk about the X Men or the Fantastic Four much because the humans because we're bitter about the movie oh, stuff. Gosh. So it's like, let's That's not do literally with them. what it was. Yeah, if they find out about the Fantastic Four from this video game that they're playing, and they definitely don't already know about the Fantastic Four, they might go and watch the Fantastic Four movie instead of our MCU films, and we just can't abide by that. And I'm like. That doesn't make any sense. That it's such a it was such a weird policy. Yeah, like I I don't remember who said it. It was probably one of the guys. It was probably Sal from Comic Pop, but it was something that was like Marvel seems to expect that people are going to buy comics and then go see movies, but it's the other way around. You yeah. know, they're not going to walk into a store, see a Fantastic Four book and think, oh, gosh, I should go see that Fantastic film. They're going to go see the Fantastic film and think, oh, I want to go get a Fantastic Four comic. You know, yeah, the, like I'm, the people I'm sure who are sales already- of like I'm sure sales of like Guardians comics and even more recently, like Miss Marvel comics have been taking a huge boost because yeah. of the, the live action properties. People who are already in the comic store, buying the comics are not the people who are on the fence about seeing these movies. They're the people who are going to see them. It's the people in the theaters who are on the fence about buying the comics. Uh, or the people playing the games on the fence about buying the comics. But yeah, it's they just really aggressively did not want to promote anything they didn't have media rights to. Which is weird. But I want to give a quick... Uh like plus nod to Lego Batman three, because I'm a big green lantern fan. And I liked that a you big are. point part of that character of that game was no spoilers dealing with a different lantern. Yet. I haven't played oh. it yet. I have it. I just well, haven't sat down and played it yet. Literally the first, like the first cutscene you'll get, it's not a spoiler. Okay. A big part of the game, a big element of the game is dealing with the different lantern cores. Nice. And I think that's really cool. That's awesome. So like them showing up was like, yay! it's fun getting Atrocitus and yeah. Sinestro and St. Walker and Larflees and all that stuff. Like, it's just fun having them all show up and kind of yeah. interact with things because that kind of element mm-hmm. in like, at least in video games, I think, is kind of overlooked. So that was a big selling point for me I, for Batman 3 over 2. I'm going to give my really quick review, like, like just ranking of the Lego superhero games and Lego Batman 3 will not be in there because I haven't properly played it yet. Um, at the bottom of the list is uh, Lego Avengers because it didn't need to happen. It's really fun. I've played and beaten it twice. It has a really good roster, but it didn't need to happen. Uh, after that is um, Lego DC Super Villains. I haven't finished it, but it's just it's really good. It just didn't need to happen. Uh, then Lego Marvel Two for the reasons I already detailed. Then Lego Batman Two which is great. The first one we ever had with voice acting, and it's just fabulous across the board. Lego Batman, which is incredible. Lego Batman's awesome. Great story that references the movies super, super well. And then the best one is Lego Marvel Super Heroes. I love that game. I love that game. That game is a lot of fun. Yeah. And what are yours? You give a quick ranking. Uh, I haven't played as many as you have. For me, it's probably I say only because I've I've only played I think about four of them. I played Lego Batman one, three, and Lego Marvel one and two. So for me, it's probably 
for me, it's probably Lego Batman one. Not because it's bad, purely just because it's the oldest and doesn't have the most amount of content. Um, so Lego Batman one, then probably Lego Marvel one, and then Lego Batman three, and then Lego Marvel two. If you're if you don't think Lego Batman has content, you have not played it in a while. It does, also, but I don't think it has much. If you haven't, like, in terms of like roster you, and everything, if you has, haven't played it, we are playing like we are playing Lego Batman two together. Okay. I know you go around Gotham, which seems cool, but like, it's I've, so much fun. We're playing it. It I mean, is I, a Batman. I play, Lego, I play Lego games mainly for the roster of characters. It's got a good because roster. I like going around. But I feel like, at least for me, I think three probably has everything that two has, but also more of the Lantern characters. So that's why the selling point for me was that's three. Fair, but you're still playing it with me because it's really good and it's basically right. a Batman Superman film. It's okay. awesome. Okay. Uh, speaking of Batman. Arkham games. The Arkham games are probably the zenith of superhero games right now. You know? They are, I think I think them and Spider-Man PS4 are now yeah. the, they are the um, they're uh, the, the metric. They're, yeah, they're, by, the, they're, they're, they're the, the metric by which every other game is now measured. I agree. I don't think there's anything we can say about the Arkham games that hasn't been said better and in more detail. I mean, yeah, it's fantastic combat, great voice acting, fun stories. Um, like, especially after Asylum, once you got more of the open world aspect, a really rich area to explore. Tons of side content, a lot of deep cut references to the comics. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, Origins aside, I think they progressively got better as they went along. And Origins isn't even bad. It's just a, no, step, a clear is- step back. Origins is just Arkham City 2.5, but not necessarily better than City. Mm-hmm. It's literally City's map with like an extra island added on, and it's a different cast of characters. Yeah, but the gameplay is pretty much the exact same. It's a little. It could have been an expansion to City. It's literally just City 2.5, yeah. and it's not bad. But it's different developers, and it was definitely the weakest of the franchise. Fair, but yeah. yeah. Uh, sticking in the Batman realm, uh, you've played Gotham Knights. I haven't. I don't think it's worth the money, but what did you think? Uh, it's not a bad game. Okay. Like at its core, it's not bad. It just it gets a lot of again the same pitfalls that like Avengers has. It has a gear it's has a gear system. It's got like the the combat is fun, but it feels a bit more floaty than the Arkham games. There's not really as much weight behind it. Um, enemies are just kind of like damage sponges, which is annoying. The the four main characters do feel pretty distinct with their playstyles, which is good. And they have a good. Uh, there's a fair amount of uh, like special abilities they can all use that are unique, that are pretty fun. Um, there's, I will say, there's more overall enemy variety than even the Arkham games had. Okay. Uh, because there's about three or four different factions of enemies you can fight. Um. And this isn't a spoiler because this was in the marketing, but it has the Court of Owls, which is a big point for me because that's really cool. We haven't gotten that in the game before. Yeah. Um, It's not a bad game. And like Gotham itself going around, it's kind of cool. It doesn't have the same kind of charm and like real feeling of being a character like Gotham and Arkham Knight does. Um, Because it's a weirdly it's kind of like bright and more neon and technicolor. Yeah. Gotham should be. Like 
Gotham and, and Gotham the, Knights kind of reminds me of like of it's the uh, Schumacher films. I was gonna say this is a tangent. I was gonna say it reminds me. I don't remember. I don't remember what city it was, but wherever wherever Godzilla fought Kong at night. I think that was Hong Kong. It reminds me of that a little bit, <laughs> but not to the same extent. Yeah, but, yeah, I do think that was Hong Kong. But overall, Gotham Knights is not bad. It just has a lot of the same pitfalls, like I said, as some of the games. It's also not as good as as a game like this should have been, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's Derek Origins devs, it's WB Montreal, and they I think they did their best, and it's hard to follow up the Arkham series. Like, no matter what, it's going to be hard to follow up the Arkham series. Um, I think they did the best they could. I will give a credit over Avengers again, because the gear actually changes the appearance of the character, mm-hmm. which is good. And there's also a transmog system, so you can actually still have the outfit you want if the gear piece you have doesn't look how you want it, which is really nice. Um, the suits you can unlock, the like the, the transmog suits are pretty cool. Yeah. Um... The story is okay. Nothing fantastic. The characters, the, the, the core group, the, like the Bat family does feel pretty distinct from each other. And there are some little moments that I think are quite nice. Yeah. Uh, there's fun interactions between like Jason and, and Dick and Tim and the rest. And Barbara's has some fun stuff too. For sure. Um, it's not a bad game. It just, it's. It could have been so much more. It could have been more. It's just very much the definition of average. Yeah. That's fair. That's but, fair. Uh, before we go into any, I don't know if you was next on your list on the list or not, but I want to very quickly talk about the Batman Begins. That game. was what I was going to bring up next because okay. you were already talking on about underrated Batman games. Batman Begins game for a movie tie-in is actually quite good. Um, it's I call it Proto Arkham. I think that's what a lot of people have referred to it as. Is it it introduces a lot of things that you know would go on to become. Especially Arkham Asylum, it definitely does because there's it has a kind of similar combat system to Arkham Asylum, but it's not a, it's not as like there's no counter system really. It's more just kind of like punch and dodge. Yeah. Um, the story follows the movie pretty well. Uh, there's unique environments. There's it has a fun aspect called the fear system, where if you're fighting guys with guns. You can't direct, unlike in some ways the Arkham games, even though it's still not well advised. Um, if you're fighting guys with guns and Batman begins, if you try to take them on directly, you will die. So, what you have to do is kind of use environmental puzzles to scare the crap out of them. Okay. And make them drop their guns. And then you can come in and actually beat them up and move on. I like that. Which is a really fun system where it's like, like a guy's walking around like a balcony. It's like, okay, I'm going to like hit this light bulb to make him freak out a little bit. And that'll make him like get his like heart rate up a bit. And then like you kind of platform around the area a bit and then like knock over a water tower and that freaks him the hell out. And then you go in for the takedown. So it's okay. a neat little system of like first going to kind of solve the puzzle of like, how do you get around without being seen and find the ways to freak them out and scare them. And then you can get into the combat right. and beat them up and then move on to the next area. Nice. So it is fun. And for a movie game, it's very well done. There's even some different suits you can unlock. You can unlock like the the kind of like the 70s blue suit. Um like the I think you can unlock like the weird like nightmare fear vision look that he has in Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. Um so there's little extras like that. And there's like a there's a couple there's like two brief like Batmobile Batmobile sections that are pretty fun. 
Um, overall, it is a really good game. I think it's underrated because it gets overshadowed by the Arkham games. But I think for anyone who's played the Arkham games, or if you haven't, I'd say give Batman Begins a try first. Yeah. And then get into Arkham proper. All right. Well, uh, wrapping up on Batman games, uh, the worst one of all time is Dark Tomorrow. It's uh, it was basically the reviews were so bad. I haven't played it. I was gonna. I was looking at it and I was like, oh no, I'm not gonna touch this because the reviews were so bad. It was getting like one and lower than one star reviews. It was pretty much just called completely and utterly unplayable. Oof. So I just wanted to bring that up because I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, and then of course Batman and Guardians of the Galaxy both got the Telltale Games treatment, which I feel like that's. You either love it or you hate it. Yeah, uh, just just because you're not doing much, you're kind of just waiting for things to happen. You know. Well, unfortunately, it still has to follow the Telltale formula, so you can't. Especially the Batman games is not really combat; it's more exactly. just quick time events. Yeah, but the way you go about doing them is kind of fun. You can kind of choose your path. You uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You can kind of choose your path, which is fun. Yeah. Um, oh no! Like, but you're saying where you're going to go. You're basically but. like it's a choose your own adventure story that you have visuals for. Yeah. Right. Which is what Telltale Games pretty much are. Yeah, and, just, and which is why I'm saying you either love it or you hate it. You know, you're not. Yeah. Most people, you're not going to be on the fence about it. It's like you're either going to feel like this isn't a game, or you're going to feel like no, but this is fun. Um, the story itself is pretty good. Um, I think the second one's actually a bit better than the first. Uh, it does a nice thing where it actually it. In, if you choose to do so, you can have Bruce be as important of a character as Batman in the story. Right. Like you can choose to take things as an angle of dealing with them as Bruce instead of Batman, which is cool. Which not many games have ever done before. No, most of them. So are it's just a neat little Batman aspect the to whole it. Time. Yeah. So that I think overall they're fun. The sequel does some interesting things with the Joker. Um, yeah. And they're I haven't played through both of them. They're a fun time. Uh, Going, calling back to our last episode, Travis, Travis Willingham plays Two-Face, and he does a good job. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, and Troy Baker does a pretty good job as Batman, honestly. Um, yeah, overall, they're just fun games. I can't speak to the Guardians game. I don't know if you've played that one. I haven't. I have not. Okay. I, 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 I'm on the other side of the fence with Telltale games, or I just I can't get into them, um, simply because I'm just, like, sitting there, like... I'm not engaged. Uh, I think that it would be like, I'd definitely probably enjoy it more if I was playing it on stream or something where I like lengthened the decision timers and let chat help. Actually, it does have at least the Batman ones have Twitch integration. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think you can like set up like buttons. You like the, like they can yeah. go on which one. I, I, think, on which uh, I think guardians does as well. I think that's pretty common with games like that nowadays, but I think I would enjoy it more, you know, in that format. There's one other Chowtel game I want to touch on briefly, which is Wolf Among Us, which is really good. Um, based on the Fables comic, which is, a, I think, an image property. Okay. And it's just a really fun kind of, like, film noir-esque mystery game with the premise of Fables, which is, like, storybook characters are real and they're living, and they're living in hiding in New York City. Yeah, and it's, just, it's a neat concept, and Big B is a really fun main character. There's fun little re- there's fun little references to like the comics and to just storybook fairy book fairy tales in general. 
Okay. And it's definitely, I think, one of Telltale's high points of their catalog. And I think it was enough. They're making a sequel, thankfully, even though it got even though it got delayed, which sucks. But it is really good. And I think it's it's my personal favorite Telltale game. Nice. Nice. And visually, it looks gorgeous. Like, it's very saturated in, like, kind of noir colors. Like, it's very neon in ways. Like, there's, like, like it's very dark, but there's, like, a blast of purple from, like, a neon sign across the street and stuff like that. Like, it really gets that kind of, like, film noir look to it. And it looks gorgeous. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, up next, and... We honestly might end up having to split this into two episodes just with how long we're taking on each thing. But there's worse things to do than getting more content out of an idea than you than you planned. Uh, the Injustice Games, which those rule. They've both yeah, hit. Yeah, they are a lot of fun. They've both hit. Like, I love fighting games. Specifically, I love fighting games that have good stories, and both of the Injustice Games do. And Nether Realm has kind of become the king of like story fighting games. Oh, like, yeah. Story and fighting oh, games. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're not getting this in Street Fighter. You're just getting like kind of vague thing. But like, this is like full cutscenes, why the fights are happening. You know, everything about the first Injustice game was great and it was all dialed up to near perfection in the second one. I'm so excited for a third Injustice game. So I don't know excited. when we're going to get that, but... But it better happen! Because yeah. I want it. No, it's... Like, I'm... I'm excited for it. The story is really good, and they've created a really cool world there. Um, I do feel like they've leaned on evil Superman a little too much, so I really hope if we get a third one, he's not, like, the problem again. It's just like, okay, Superman's here, but we're not, you know, dealing with him. There's something once else. you got access to the once you got access to the tie-in comics, you binge through those in like a day. Yeah, I did. I read them all in a day. I, I and they're really well done. They are. We love you, Tom Taylor. <laughs> uh, so up next is the Deadpool game. This is this goes into that underrated category where I don't think enough people played it. It's not um, perfect by any means, but it's, it's really fun though. The core gameplay is entertaining and fun, and there's enough. You can mix and match the weapons, which adds a lot. Oh of, yeah, I I played it. Uh, functionality I, to it. I beat it in a couple days. It's light. It's it's not too tricky or anything. The story um, is nothing too intense either, but, but it's, it's just fine. a fun little Deadpool jaunt. And yeah. Nolan North does a great job. There's fun little like there's plenty of breaking the fourth wall. Oh it's just a gosh, fun. Yeah. It's just a fun time. I think we could probably get a better Deadpool game at some point. Definitely. Developer, but as it is right now, it is a fun game. Oh yeah, and worth trying. If you can find a copy, because it's it's delisted everywhere. Unfortunately, if you can find a copy. Give it a play. It's I, a lot of fun. The, the the delisting of games needs to stop. I think, yeah. like, oh well, we don't own the license, so we're delisting it. Why? Why? Uh, this is actually a problem that bothers me a lot because it just basically like it's clear that that the companies don't care one iota about like game preservation or people's enjoyment it's just well the license turned over so we wouldn't make any money from it anymore so we're delisting it i want to play transformers devastation okay yeah, i want to play it so bad all right so jared's now going to talk to us about the incredible hulk ultimate destruction <laughs> that game is so much fun uh it's a simple game but it's like 
got actually a fair amount of depth in mm-hmm. the combat because like there's like combos you can do. There's this whole like mechanic where you can grab things and turn them into weapons. So, like you can grab a car and turn it into boxing gloves. You can grab a bus and skate on it like a skateboard. Uh, you grab a, you can grab like a wrecking ball and just swing it around like you're the, like you're the absorbing man. Um, the story is nothing to write home about. It's just a very simple like. Hulk's kind of got to deal with the military and Ross and Blonsky and all the rest and, mm-hmm. and like the demon inside him and all that stuff. Like, but it's fun. Uh, Ron Perlman voices Blonsky, which is a lot of fun. Um, it's semi open world. There's like two kind of big hub areas you can explore one in a city, one in a desert. And it's just, a, it's just a blast to play. It's fun. Just causing well destruction as Hulk. Um, there's a good amount of chaos to it. Like you can knock some buildings down. Um, it's got like the the combat feels really kind of weighty to it. Like when you throw a punch, like you charge, everything can be charged up. So you like you really just whoa and just nail like a robot with the punch. It just feels good. You can do like uh, mm-hmm. you know the wrestling terms. I think it's just pile driver. Yeah. You can like I, you can grab like because like partway through you get these like kind of military robots. You can grab one in your hand, run up the side of a building with it and then jump off and pile drive it from like 80 stories up That's amazing. And, and then chain it. Like you can bounce, like you'll land and you can do it again and again and again. Oh my <laughs> it's just so much fun. That sounds amazing. It's just, it's the perfect Hulk game you would want. It's just rampant destruction and chaos and just being the most powerful thing in the world. That and it's awesome. just, a, it's just such a fun time. Like graphically, it's nothing special because it came out in the GameCube era. Yeah, but it's, it's still it's still a blast to play. I'm really glad I got a copy of it uh, when I did off of eBay. Um, and it's just I, we have not gotten a better Hulk game yet. And like there was a tie in game for the for the Ed Norton movie that tried to copy it, but it didn't do as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so. it's pretty much it's the number one. It's the number one right now for Hulk games. Yeah. Uh, so going on to another Marvel property that, uh, doesn't have a great game or uh, doesn't have a game that's, I guess, technically surpassed this, but hopefully will soon Iron Man. So I played the Iron Man tie-in game on the Wii and it was actually pretty fun. Uh, was it motion controls? No. Oh, or that's good. Very barely. Okay. Like you could, you use your motion controls to like aim the repulsors, and you would swing the Wiimote and nunchuck gently to punch. I think, and that was it. Other hmm. than that, everything was button-based. Like, you didn't have, a, like, a weird motion control for everything, and, like, you steered and moved with the nunchuck control stick. So, it was, like, very barely uh, focused on the motion controls. But I think my favorite bit about it... Or I had two favorite bits. One was that they... Really, they didn't just follow the movie beat for beat. They expanded a bunch of things and had them fight a bunch of other villains. The second thing I really liked was using the control pad, you could reroute um, power to different things. So you could reroute them to uh, to armor in order to, you know, hit harder. You could reroute it to thrusters in order to fly uh, faster. And you could reroute to repulsors to fire your unibeam or you could generalize and it was it was pretty fun like i liked it a lot 
I played it a bunch. And yeah, that's... that's We're getting a new game, too. I know. I was, from, yeah. Is that uh, a respawn? I can't remember. Uh, you're someone. probably right. It's that sound. It's check. EA's publishing, and I think Respawn's developing. Uh, Motive Studios. Moto? Uh, Motive, which Motive. I think they did. Uh, they did I something. think the people behind Battlefront. Okay, but I'm I'm yeah. really excited for that because Iron Man is such a fun character. He was very fun to play in Avengers. So yeah, I think an Iron Man game should be really good. Yeah, Motive did. Uh, Battlefront 2, Squadrons, and the Dead Space remake. Oh, very nice. So, a decent resume for hopefully a fun game. Okay, so, uh, sorry about that. We just had a technical issue, and my internet's not working today, so our calls are getting interrupted. Uh, So, we're going to wrap it up there for today. We're going to do a part two for you guys next week. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, If you have any superhero games you really want us to talk about in part two uh, to add to our list... Let us know. We'll throw them on that list and talk about them next week. Uh, as always, if you can uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever for this podcast, that is the number one best thing you can do for us. And uh, check out those links in the description for our Twitter. For Beyond the Panel, my name is Colin. I'm Jared. And I hope you guys have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.